Namaskaram everyone. Today I'd like to talk about how the courts are a terrible executive and how that has been proven yet again. Uh before I start one of the first things that we I'd like to give some context to is the fact that we have something called separation of powers. The idea is that there are three different branches of the state, the executive, the judiciary and the legislature, which are all sort to be given clear and distinct powers in order to provide checks and balances within the system. to ensure that power and the exercise of power is not arbitrary and there's no one branch overloaded with too much power and responsibility to affect the rights of citizens of course this is a hard task to achieve and the idea of a completely separate executive judiciary and legislature functioning on its own domain is quite fanciful even in a constitutional republic like the united states it has been only achieved to a certain degree the united states is of course the best example for such a clear and distinct separation of powers in india of course the legislature and the executive have interoperative capabilities as the party that controls or the political party that controls the legislature obviously controls the executive as well however there is still to an extent the idea of separation of powers though implemented in a different way in any case there is some overlap obviously between executive and legislative functions more than any other uh, overlap which is why in many cases you see them acting together in coordination even in a, a republic like the united states you see them acting together while in india obviously the coordination the ability to coordinate is higher because the legislature and the executive are in many cases coordinated through the same political nexus now coming to the issue uh, of the judiciary the judiciary is slightly considered more separate and more distinct in what its ability is and what its responsibilities are and yet there is of course still an amount of gray in it as to what pass the ex- judiciary wields can be considered executive or can be considered legislative as well because obviously there's this idea of judge made law and a lot of directions that the supreme court is being regularly tasked with have a form of executive action as well however there is there are gray areas and then there are areas of clear overreach in the case of the republic of india the word overreach is a long forgotten view in the side mirror the judiciary in india wields way more power than the parliament or the president or the prime minister in some cases more power than all three combined the indian judiciary appoints its own seeks and most astonishingly receives provenance in all matters and is also unaccountable directly to the citizenry one of the most egregious actions is of course the regular pronouncements that the court makes which are akin to legislative action but at least in that case the president has the ability sorry the parliament has the ability to directly seek out and flesh out and clear out the minutia and have an actual act in place which has procedure actions etc in place in the case of executive action or in the case of ex- directing executive action the matter is much more harder for the executive to push back especially in a situation where it's in the middle of a pandemic and it's in the middle of a very politically sensitive situation and that is what and that is the context in which we must see the recent uh, revelation that the demand that the delhi government made or the demands of the delhi government with respect to oxygen was very clearly inflated this inflated demand demand was at the same time that the supreme court demanded 
that the central government supplied Delhi with 700 metric tons of oxygen, else dire consequences will follow. Considering that the demands of the Delhi government was based on a rather erroneous estimation and that the actions of the Delhi government prolonged turnaround times for containers and disrupted the entire supply chain for oxygen, it seems quite imprudent that such claims by the Delhi government then were enforced through judicial fiat during the throngs of a pandemic. Now, there are some observations that the Honourable Justices on the court made that quite baffling to say the least, which said that the central government had a special duty to Delhi and that the Delhi and the state of Delhi represents the nation, the national capital territory of Delhi represents the nation and there is hardly anybody who is ethnically Delhiite and therefore the centre must pay special attention to Delhi, uh, which sound rather baffling to me, but I leave it at that. And at the very least, one has to say that the court has clearly been a victim of the tyranny of distance. Forgetting the blatant bias to Delhi at the cost of the states, the most basic issue here is that the judiciary is thoroughly un unfit to undertake a day-to-day -day review of executive action and supervise the same. The court's purpose is not to undertake such action but to apply the law and settle disputes and to check the legislative le 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 check the legitimacy of executive action as against the law or any action as against the law. Our courts seem to be not bothered by such earthly or even constitutional constraints. The courts will in all likelihood take credit for the interim report since it was a committee that it constituted that came out with this information. The judiciary's self-righteousness in dealing with these issues has doubtlessly increased the distrust of the institution in the masses. This issue, like many others in the past, is just another that can be produced when we talk about judicial overreach. India, in many ways, is a kritaki or a nation ruled by judges. There is no other branch that holds so much amount of power and has the power of finality. The finality in its verdict and its matters should mean a more responsible handling of the awesome power that it wields. But our courts do not care for such restraints and it seek and they seek regularly to create, administer and modify executive policy, direct executive action legislate by order and direction and after all this all of this then maybe get to those pending cases there is no doubt that the court will ignore its own imprudence and will continue its own way without any self-awareness or reflection politicians have elections every five years at the very least to give them a reality check what do the honorable justices have constitutional crises and that does not bode well for the republic of india Thank you and I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. On a side note, this uh, related video that I did regarding the mob lynching judgment that the Supreme Court gave in 2018, which is available on YouTube. If you are interested, do check that out. Thank you. And again, Jai Hind.